0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Asia-Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna.
3: I'm James Barry.
0: And we're going to take you through to 9.30 this morning. Coming up in the second part of the show, we're going to hear a speech delivered by Niloufar Golkar at a public forum held in Canada called Women Life Freedom in Iran, a solidarity panel. Um, And that was held on Wednesday the 8th of February. It was organised by the Canadian Union of Public Servants. So we're going to hear that speech in the second part of the show. But, uh, of course, uh, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, actually the best way to do that right now is through our Facebook page. So just look up A-A-W-L on Facebook and that's the best way to get in touch with us while we're restoring our um Website and the rest of our social media, Uh, but uh, first up, news from around the region. James,
3: beginning in Australia, where two miners have been killed at work. The bodies of two miners at the the Gold River Zinc Mine in Queensland were recovered on Friday, two days after their vehicle fell into a stope void. The men were working 100 metres below the surface when the ground around them collapsed, causing them to fall 25 metres. A drilling rig also fell into the hole, although the operator of that rig was able to escape. The mine is operated by the subsidiary of Hong Kong-listed MMG Limited, which was recently forced to close one of its other mines in Peru over safety concerns. A coroner's investigation will take place, and it's speculated that failures in the process of backfilling stopes in the mine may have caused the instability in the soil. Last year, in Western Australia, unions called the the conditions of mine sites as leading to industrial manslaughter, as 13 miners have been killed at work since 2017 in that state alone.
0: And, of course, that state doesn't have industrial manslaughter laws in the same way that Victoria recently won. Um, But, yeah, tragic um, industrial... Uh, well, I was about to say accident, but um, murder is, is actually what it is. We'll go to West Papua now, where West Papuan Liberation fighters take a New Zealander hostage in protest. On Wednesday, fighters for the West Papuan Liberation Army released photos of a pilot from New Zealand that they'd taken hostage in Nooga in the mountainous centre of West Papua. The pilot had been taken hostage after transporting construction workers to the remote locality. Indonesian construction projects are sites of tension in the area as they're seen by local people as aimed at their displacement and sources of racial discrimination. In 2018, 20 construction workers were killed by West Papuan Independence fighters after they photographed local people participating in celebrations for West Papuan Independence Day, which is outlawed by the Indonesian government. The WPLA stated that the hostage-taking was to put pressure on the Indonesian government to recognise West Papuan independence. The Indonesian army has already indicated that it is planning a heavy response for Nuga in the coming days, purportedly to rescue the New Zealand pilot and several other hostages. Actually, the one and only time we saw um, any meaningful solidarity between West Papuans and Indonesian workers was on that, um, I think it was a Rio Tinto site. Uh, what's the big mine? Um, uh, Grasberg, something Grasberg in uh, in West Papua, where the um, Indonesians and West Papuans went on strike together. But really since that time, we've just seen uh, growing hostilities between the two, I think, it. Um, if there's no breakthrough in the movement, I think it'll be similar to um, the situation in Palestine and Israel, where it's virtually impossible to build solidarity between workers in Israel and the Palestinian liberation movement.
3: Uh, across the Asia-Pacific, media freedom has been taking a hit. A number of incidences, uh, incidents across the Asia-Pacific have highlighted the challenges for press freedom in the current environment. In Turkey, several journalists have been arrested and Twitter has been blocked in response to criticism about the government's response to the recent earthquake in the east of the country. In Cambodia, the Prime Minister ordered the immediate closure of a media outlet, Voice of Democracy, after they published an article claiming that the Prime Minister's son had made a 100,000 US dollar donation for Turkey's earthquake relief and signed it under the name of the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister disputed the article, but his banning of the news outlet is seen as a punitive overreach at the very least. Finally, in India, the offices of the BBC have been raided, supposedly in an investigation about tax evasion, but after attempts by the Modi government to ban a documentary about the president backfired. The documentary looked at Modi's role in the 2002 Gujarat riots, in which thousands of local Muslims were murdered in an organised pogrom. All of these incidences highlight an increasingly unsafe work environment for journalists across the Asia-Pacific.
0: In New Zealand, hundreds of Uber drivers in New Zealand have come together to form their first union, which incidentally is called First Union, and have immediately begun collective bargaining on wage and health and safety issues. The unionisation was made possible following employment and Employment Court ruling in 2022 that classified... Uber drivers as workers and not contractors, as Uber has claimed. Many drivers have been earning under the minimum wage and face serious safety issues for which previously Uber denied any responsibility. Now, given last year's ruling, Uber is legally obligated to negotiate with its workers. It's a really dirty tactic that Uber um, employs to argue that it's um, uh, workers are contractors and it's basically litigating this at the national level right across the world and, and Uber just won't give it up and so um, is spending all of this money on litigation and depending on which country you're in, it's either workers have to pay for that litigation or the state takes on Uber and that will rarely happen.
3: To Iran and Afghanistan, where protesters, protests have happened for worker and education rights. On the 8th of February, a Global Day of Action was held to protest the treatment of teachers and other unionists in Iran, with the movement calling for the release of political prisoners and the recognition of the right to freedom of assembly. Teachers' strikes against poor pay and conditions have been gaining momentum since they began in Iran in 2018 and it started to link in with other labor movements, including the powerful oil industry, before the national protests against the government against the de- about the death of Masajina Aminir broke out in September last year. The importance of the Global Day of Action was further highlighted by the arrest of two more union activists in Iran from the previous day, with no reason or charge yet given for either man's arrest. Over the border in Afghanistan, Education International has begun investigations into the rights and treatment of teachers under the Taliban regime, which has banned education for all women in the recent in recent few months.
0: And our last story for today comes from Vietnam. Quite a, a serious situation. I'm not sure that people are actually aware of what's happening in that country at the moment. But tens of thousands of Vietnamese workers have been laid up laid off, following a decline in. Orders In the past year across different sectors, nearly 50,000 Vietnamese factory workers have been laid off in recent months. Vietnam's export-focused economy has created a precarious environment for many workers across the Southeast Asian nation. The Vietnamese Confedera- General Confederation of Labor estimates that in addition to the workers who have been laid off, nearly half a million others have had their working hours significantly reduced, or just over 30,000 had been put on unpaid leave. Most of these employees worked for foreign owned textile, footwear, and wood processing industries. These layoffs and decreased work hours have continued despite Vietnam reporting an 8% growth in the last quarter of 2022. Just the excesses of capitalism where the workers suffer and the companies rarely do. It is 11 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. We're going to go do some community announcements and then our feature uh, speech story for the morning.
2: Wildlife Victoria is a
0: non-profit emergency response service committed to assisting wildlife in need across Victoria. Our trained and dedicated volunteers rescue and rehabilitate sick, injured and orphaned animals so they can be released back to their native habitat. If you see wildlife that may need our help, please contact us on 8400 7300. To donate or register to become a volunteer, hop onto our website at wildlifevictoria.org.au A 3CR supporter.
1: Solidarity Salon, home of Radical Women and Freedom Socialist Party, has moved to Reservoir.
0: We are a socialist, feminist bookshop and organising centre eager to collaborate with a diversity of optimistic rebels. All gender identities welcome.
1: We're at 113 Spring Street Reservoir, near Regent Station.
0: Drop in or get contact details at socialism.com. Solidarity
1: Salon is a proud 3CR supporter. Join us for the upcoming public forum, Sovereignty, Shreeti and First Nations Justice, hosted by Green Left on Monday, February 20th at 6.30pm at the Drill Hall on 506
3: Elizabeth Street.
1: With the upcoming referendum on Voice to Parliament, discussion about the best ways to fight for Shreeti, Sovereignty and First Nations Justice have been growing. The massive Invasion Day protests of tens of thousands of people across the country is another sign of the growing movement for First Nations justice.
3: And I saw it on the television.
1: Hear from two long-standing First Nations activists, Uncle Gary Murray and Lydia Forpe, about their views on how to advance treaty, sovereignty and justice for First Nations people, and their views on the current discussion about Voice to Parliament. 6.30pm Monday, February 20th at the Drill Hall on 506 Elizabeth Street. Green Left is a FreeCR cr supporter.
0: You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Well, on the 8th of February, a panel discussion was hosted by the Canadian Union of Public Servants about women, life, freedom, solidarity with the workers in Iran. One of the speakers at that forum was Far Golkar. She is on the executive committee of that trade union and she's also a PhD candidate focusing on the environment and labour movement and that those studies are being conducted in um, politics at York University. This is uh, Nilo far's speech.
2: My talk... Uh is about today we're gathering in solidarity with the women' Life Freedom Uprising and in solidarity with the labor movement in Iran. But what does solidarity mean between grassroots and labor organizations of Canada and Iran Uprising? And why is it so important? Um, I, in my talk, I'll emphasize on intersectionality of labor um, because from my experience of organizing in Iran and in Canada, I Realized that when we go to the issues of intersectionality, there's lots of resistance. Um, here in bargaining, when we wanted to enter the clause in collective bargaining, there was some pushback from some members, but also employer. But also, when you talk about the issues in Iran, usually people undermine it as, as a culture like it's like women issues, the cultural issues, not really uh, related to economy or like politics, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I will f- focus on. That aspect for a bit, and then also on the notion of solidarity in opposed to unity, and why distinguishing between these two is important. Since the death of Jinnah Amini, Iran cities have been the scene of demonstrations, sit ins, strikes, and incredible creative revolutionary art. People on the streets chanting death to the dictator, and women's life freedom. Together, centering women symbolize decades of oppression and state violence on the bodies of women and queer people. For mandatory hijab, that goes hand in hand with discriminatory laws against women that impose daily police violence and systemic discrimination and exclusion from the public. These laws were imposed to take away control of women over their bodies, followed by imposing sharia laws that took away their equal rights especially in family laws, and imposed gender segregation in education and many occupations to the extent that women were banned and or discouraged from many jobs that's considered to be male dominated. These aspects systematized oppression against women and forced women into feminized lower paid work, and in many cases, entirely outside of wage labor and into subsistence work. As a result, they systematically pushed women further into poverty. When I, when I first uh, came to Canada, I realized many people signed the gender issues to culture, separated from economy and politics, which is a very depoliticizing way of looking at the matter. Obviously, alongside women, the marginalization of Kurds, Baluches, Arabs, Baha'is, seculars, atheists, religious minorities, socialists, feminists, and all those who criticize the government, including intellectuals and journalists, happened. Today, when people chant death to the dictator and women life freedom together, it signifies the emancipation of all cannot happen unless the religious theocracy goes and truly democratic system take over bringing up these issues is not to undermine the class struggle, but to show the complexities and hierarchy within the class as well. As another familiar thing I hear from some leftists or some members of workers' movement is that feminist issues are middle class issues. We should think that the same system that allows a young woman to be kidnapped and killed in the hands of police just for her appearance is the same system that creates the state narrative of nationalism that normalizes extremely murderous violence in some of the border cities. And it is also the same system that cannot tolerate any independent workers and union organizations in Iran. Women Life Freedom Uprising by centering issues of women in Kurdish and Belushi's reminds us that meaningful solidarity means we accept the differences but criticize the power relations and hierarchy of identities that have been imposed on us through different processes of marginalization and through state narrative of nationalism, patriarchy, and violence. In opposed to unity, that asks we put differences aside and become fictitiously homogeneous. We can see examples of unity in opposed to solidarity in right-wing political coalitions building uh, coalition buildings, that ask people to put aside their demands and political views, but also in a view on class struggle that undermines other forms of identities that uh, comes with power relations. Strong solidarity among the working class happens when we also recognize the similar patterns that, can, that connect our issues to each other. The Iranian state imposed. Uh, imposed imposes decades of oppression against independent workers' unions that caused the imprisonment of many union organizers in Iran, brutal suppression of strikes and striking workers that led to them being fired and replaced easily. You should look at this. In contrast, we should also need to pay attention to the illegal worker situation. So I put illegal in the quotation. The workers who found no place in the official labor force and were pushed into criminalized work. For example, in Balochistan areas, as a result of decades of oppression that goes hand in hand with keeping those regions underdeveloped and imposed poverty, unemployment and proper employment opportunities are low. There is diversity in work, but an example of criminalized work is moving field between borders that are called Suchtberi, which became the main source of income for many, when there are no other opportunities. Those workers are in extreme danger of being shot, the is being stolen by the government, or being ruined. Just today, the Iranian state armed forces shot at two vehicles. They exploded and five Baluchis died. But because of the narrative of nationalism and borders, those deaths are supposed to be normalized for us. There are numerous examples from the intersection of different identities that they can keep naming, such as environmental degradation, disposition of communities and farmers from accessing water that has been directed to central industries and how it affects the situation of subsistence work, gendered work, and local labor. But because of the time, I can go through them in detail. But these are the issues that the women life freedom it's like trying to bring in uh, to center and like, and uh, um, became very important. So in contrast, we see the continuation of incredible resistance from the ground, the uprising for women life freedom wasn't an I- isolated event, but stood on the shoulders of many previous uprisings, social movements, Uh, Women movements, workers' strikes, union organizers, Kurdish resistance, teachers' movements, student movements, and so on. Recognizing this strong history of resistance in Iran is important, as there is a fraction of leftists in the West that repeat Iranian intelligence forces' accusations that these are conspiracies of CIA and U.S. imperialism. My answer is that the rich history of resistance movements in Iran shows that the cause of the uprising is a brutal, murderous, murderous religious dictatorship that has violated the rights, life, and well-being of diverse communities and social groups in Iran. And we say enough is enough. I end my talk by repeating the most urgent demands free all political prisoners, stop execution in Iran, and with the the hope for strong international solidarity with women, life freedom and the labor movement in Iran to keep Uh, to help to keep the revolutionary roots of Xinjiang Azadi at the center of the resistance and to build a feminist, anti-capitalist and environmentalist future that dignity of all is valued.
3: People out there in the radio world, show some love to 3CR. You know, if you're listening and enjoying the programs here, man great radio station it is how how it was built by community and the community ownership and that's a powerful thing to have within community so show some love show some support and please subscribe from
0: the north to the
3: south to the east to the west let the bullet take you home island style represent your soul to the flow love your set represent raise your pride to the sky love it like it's the best my power bring it back home
1: This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 AM, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do. And everything can change.
0: 23 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. Yes, of course, subscribe. If you didn't subscribe during subscriber drive, please still subscribe if you're not already. Uh, Give us a call during work hours on 94198377 and go to our website or thews.3cr.org.au and follow the links to subscribe to 3CR to keep us on air.